happy Friday to all. It is your host, Vince. It is QP Sports Exchange. It is Football Friday. And we are so extremely joyful to be on the air. And we're going to go ahead and give you a little rundown of the show. Give you a little bit of behind the curtain. And then get on to the pod because we got a lot to get to. And to end today's pod, we're going to talk a little bit about the interest that is growing with Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones. We are also going to talk about a little head coach shenanigans at the press conferences. We're going to get into some thoughts on the way to early mock. We're going to definitely get into that. And we're also going to talk about how some of these universities are spending this cash on recruiting. We're going to definitely get into that. Um, We're also going to talk about the Cowboys and some thoughts on positional battles that are going on in camp. We have a good sign for Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow. So that's all on the pod today. And we're going to get to that momentarily. We're going to take you a little bit behind the pod and give you a little insight into what's going on here. Uh, Your boy was crushed last night as a Laker fan. We lost. It didn't look good. My boy LeBron was looking super just confused about what was going on. You know, congratulations to D-Book and the Phoenix Suns. I will take nothing away from you. You spanked us. And congratulations to that. But yeah, as a Laker fan, my heart was a little hurt. We're getting better now because I'm on the air with you guys. So that's all good. What else is going on on the house? Let's see. Um, just, just confusion. That's what's going on. But the good thing about confusion is that comedy comes out of confusion. Comedy definitely comes out of confusion. It just allows you to bring some verbal illustrations to you, to give you, to let you know what's going on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where there are days and there are times in your life where you feel like you're doing all the right things. Yeah, you're going to, you know, you're flawed, right? Because that's what we are. We're human beings and we're flawed. But you think you're doing the right things for the right reasons. And it turns out that whatever you were doing, it just wasn't working. And sometimes you just got to chalk it up and go lesson learned. So grab yourself an iced tea. Maybe grab yourself a snack. And just kick back, listen to my voice as we get into this pod. Yo, so we're back on the air 
Football Friday, we're back. We're back on regular schedule, which is awesome. So let's just get to the pot, right? Um, Julio Jones is in the news. He's not just in the news. If you are a sports fan like I am, I'm sure you got Bleacher Report. I'm sure you're watching ESPN. I'm sure you're watching ESPN's Diana Rossini with her very tan self. Just getting after it with all the news. Adam Schefter getting it after it with all the news. And here's the thing. There are a parade of teams that are looking at Julio. And it just seems like it's not going anywhere until this is done. But what I noticed this week is that it seems like there's a lot of teams fiending like a crack addict. For Julio Jones, okay? So, last week we gave you kind of like a rundown of some of the teams that were looking at Julio. Um, the Arizona Cardinals fans are lighting candles. They're creating shrines to Julio. They're starting GoFundMe accounts to help pay for Julio's new contract that he's going to want once he gets traded. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Baltimore, their people, absolutely going crazy. Um, they've actually done the opposite. They've gone the other way. It's like, okay, everybody thinks this per- person is popular. This person's awesome. Now nah, we, we, we're cool off you. I think they're cool off the first round draft pick and we'll get to that in a second. I, I, I have a hard time believing that somebody is not interested in a seven time pro bowler. And, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Lamar Jackson and also the New England Patriots also kind of turned their nose up to it last week. And I just don't see it. I think there's people in that building who are trying to look at the salary cap to see if there's anything they can do. Um, the team that you can almost go ahead and count out is the Los Angeles Rams. Their cap is not going to be able to facilitate a new contract for Julio Jones. Let's just get that straight right now because that's not happening, okay? But a lot of teams are fiending for Julio. The new piece of news that has come out in the last couple hours is this. Atlanta's price on Julio Jones, and this is absolutely reported by me. They are not going to look for a first-round draft pick for Julio Jones. They are accepting second-round picks. We talked about this last week. We said, hey, once that price goes down, there will be more teams. The hoodie is in now because you know the hoodie loves second-round draft choices, and he accumulates them like, you know, baseball cards. So the hoodie... It's probably going, wait, hold on, Julio for a second rounder? Hmm. I can hear Bill now. They want a second rounder for Julio Jones? Well, we usually gather those because we don't like first round draft choices anyway. So what we're going to do is see, go in the closet and see if we have a couple extra second round picks for me, Josh. And that would be Josh McDaniels. That's my... Bill Belichick hoodie personation. He talks very low. 
He's very resolute when he talks. He stops. Pauses. He makes you feel very uncomfortable. Bill, stop making people feel uncomfortable. Man, what's wrong with you, dog? No. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people seem to be in on Julio Jones. And now, like I said, because of that second round draft pick is now the starting point and not a first round draft pick. They're going to be a lot more teams in on it. And we'll probably have some kind of resolution by the end of the weekend. And depending on the team. And listen, I'm not hating on your squad. I'm just saying, depending on the team, if it's a big one, we're going to go ahead and we're going to probably have breaking news. We're going to have a special report. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and we'll see how that goes. So a Julio Jones Bill Belichick marriage, we're probably going to have a emergency pod for that. If this dude goes to Cleveland, shots out to Cleveland, we're probably going to have an emergency pod for that as well. I'm trying to think of a team that we would not have an emergency pod with. Let's see. Seattle? No, we would definitely have an emergency pod because I can talk about Russ. Shout out to the 12th man. Shout out to you. I know y'all out there doing your thing. So, um, yeah, that is the other thing that we're going to talk about right now. Um, Julio Jones now is also in the eye of the Seattle Seahawks. Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, uh, the for the rookie last year that had the great year wide receiver Claypool, he's lobbying for Julio Pittsburgh. You ain't got no shot with Julio. I don't know what you're thinking, but um, there's a lot of teams that are involved. Tennessee looks like they're in again, um, and we'll see what the frenzy looks like in a couple days because right now, when they drop that price, a lot of ears perked up. And I believe that Julio, within the next 72 to 96 hours, he's probably dealt. Atlanta fans, ATL, how y'all feeling on this? What do you want back? I mean, do you just want the second round pick? Can New England or Cleveland give you something like a player in return? Or, would you, or do you just want more draft picks? Do you just want the second, maybe like a third or two-fourths for Julio Jones? So Atlanta, the A, listen, I understand you guys are right now real geeked on what's going on with Ice Trey and the Atlanta Hawks. But what's up with your football team? Tell me what you want back in return other than the second round pick on Twitter, hit me at QPP network and on Instagram and Facebook question point pod network. The Julio thing is off the chain. We'll be monitoring that situation like a straight G all weekend long. And my wife will probably be upset with me because She's like, I want to spend time with you. No, I got to figure out where Julio's going. I got to figure that out. So we're also going to pivot to the Detroit Lions. 
Michigan, Motown, where y'all at? Okay, so Dan Campbell, the new head coach of the Detroit Lions, goes into a press conference within the last couple of days, and this dude has like a full racing helmet on during the pro- during the press conference. Now here's the thing. He's the Grand Marshal of the uh Grand of the Grand Prix that's gonna be held in Detroit. So I get it. I understand, you know, the whole situation. But Detroit, are you a little worried right now? Lions fans, tell me what's going on. Did you see that press conference? And did you just start shaking your head when you saw your head coach with a full-on racing helmet on? He did the press conference like that. Come on, man. Come on. It reminded me of like all the the uh, coach shenanigans and stuff. But here's the thing for Detroit, okay? Supposedly, you just fired somewhat of a dumpster fire or clown show in Matty P, Matt Patricia, longtime defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, who is now back with the New England Patriots as a undisclosed consultant. He has no title. It's just undisclosed consultant. That's what he is. But you just get rid of that. You just get rid of his fiasco of him creating a burner Twitter account, Eddie P from Detroit and all that. And now you got Campbell wearing racing masks at the press conference. Is this what is going to look like? Is this our, let's go ahead and project a little bit, right? Is this going to be the situation where this guy is going to come with like crazy props? Is it going to turn weird like Mike Leach's press conferences? Is it going to turn weird like Jim Harbaugh's University of Michigan press conferences? Is it going to turn into that, Detroit? Because if it is, I'm in all day for that. Let me tell you something. I need content, okay? I need content. It's the summertime. We are not in a, in preseason yet. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to need all the content that we can get. And if your head coach for the Detroit Lions is going to act like a clown shell, I am here for all of it. Dude, show up next time in a cowboy outfit. Not like the Cowboys, the NFL team. I mean like John Wayne. Maybe you can recreate the Keanu Reeves Matrix outfit with the sunglasses and all. I don't know. I don't know what this guy is going to do. All I know is that he wants to he wants to gnaw kneecaps and want to wear racing helmets to press conferences. Lions, yo, enjoy your press conferences that are going to get weird and probably enjoy that 5 and 11 that you're going to score. Oh, not 5 and 11. I'm sorry. We played 17 games this year. Enjoy your 5 and 12. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy that.
Now, there are some news also coming out of Detroit that Jared Goff looks very impressive in uh, OTAs. And I say to you, Detroit Lion fan, don't get caught up in the hype. Everybody looks good during OTAs. We had a pod last week where we were talking about Ben Roethlisberger looking good at OTAs. But you know what? That's not real football. And yes, nobody's ever said that Jared Goff couldn't handle, uh, you know, offense. Now, we didn't say that he could handle it great because I know as a Ram fan, he didn't. There was a lot of plays left on the field, Jared. So this optimism in Detroit and also I guess there's some, uh, I think Dan Campbell is trying to project his inner spirit animal or Robin Williams R.I.P. Robin Williams that dude was funny love Robin Williams Mork Mrs. Doubtfire that dude was awesome so now we're going to get into one other little topic and then um, got some real cool stuff that we need to get into Oh, I have one other thing about the Detroit Lions. So, here's the other thing, too. This is also what you have to look... This is what Detroit Lion football players have to look for. Or look forward to. They can look forward to Campbell making balloon animals in the locker room. Campbell eating fire while... Riding a unicycle. And Dan Campbell juggling chainsaws. You know what I'm saying? That's what this kid is all about. Like, I'm tr- like, what are you doing with a literal racing helmet on your head? You just got this job. You just got it. Right? Save all the, the, the crazy histrionics once you made a deep run into the playoffs and then you can let like a lot of your personality out or you can go the Bill Belichick way and just not have any personality at a press conference whatsoever you could do that as well actually that's more acceptable than you going to your press conference juggling chainsaws Dan Campbell don't juggle chainsaws Don't make balloon animals in the locker room. Do not show your eccentric side until you make deep playoff run. By the way, isn't Chris Spillman running that organization with a couple other dudes? Chris Spillman is one of the most intense individuals I have ever come across. When he was playing on the field, when he was doing... He was doing uh, color for college football. He just had a a real intense demeanor about him. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, what is Chris Spielman thinking about this? What is he thinking about his head football coach? 
doing cartwheels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just nonsense. Just nonsense. Detroit, again. Again. We are sorry. We are sorry for your unfortunate, uh, quirky coach who wants to gnaw on kneecaps. <laughs> That's going to live forever. That first press conference when he was like, we want to change the mentality and we want to be a, a kneecap eating franchise. People were like, what? Huh? What? What do you? Oh, I'm sorry. Say that again. You want to eat kneecaps? Is that what you said? Yeah. That was your boy. That was your boy. So this is a real quick story and it just caught my eye and I just wanted to talk to you guys about it. And I also wanted to just say we need to pump the brakes a little bit. But I was uh, looking and getting information and researching what we were going to put on the pod today. And I came across this mock draft for 2022. Okay. And in that mock draft... And it was by the USA Today. So they did the first they did the first round, you know. There were six quarterbacks that were mocked for the first round in this way too early mock draft. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I like information. Like everybody else. But here's the deal. When I hear Todd McShay. And I hear people like. Chris Sims. Which I know a lot of people are kind of. Either you love him. Or you hate him. I get it. But the dude does understand football. His dad. Played a long time. He bounced around for a little while. He ended up. Kind of being in the Patriots organization. And then he did the TV deal. So I'm looking at this mock six quarterbacks. Now, mind you, mind you, none of them go number one. That should tell you all you need to know about this quarterback draft. When I have McShay saying that, you know, this this last draft, the 2021 draft, has some special talent in it when it came to the quarterback position and next year's class is weak. That's all we heard was you got to move up because next year's class is weak. So if you need to get your quarterback, you got to This is the year you got to do it right now. I'm not saying that there's not talented guys out there. I'm not saying these guys won't be successful in the league. I'm not saying they won't even be legendary. I'm just saying that the way the talent evaluators feel about the quarterback position, 
they weren't as bullish on 2022 as they were on 2021. That is a absolute fact. That's why people were jumping up, giving like, you know, three almost like presidential administrations tenure draft picks. You know what I'm saying? They were giving up draft picks to move up to get one of the quote unquote special guys. And this draft is supposed to be a little more watered down. Now, here's the thing. It might prove out to be that Sam Howe and Keaton Slovis and some of the other guys that are out there, they might have remarkable years and show and prove that that's not the case. That the 2022 quarterback draft class is just as good, if not better, than the 2021 draft class of quarterbacks. But to see six mocked in the first round got me to thinking about two things. One, go back to the archive pods because there was a podcast. I want to say it was about uh, maybe about six weeks ago where I said, these guys have no clue. Like, I'm not saying they don't do a good job and, you know, kind of pinpointing things that will make a quarterback successful and all that. Listen, there's a lot of people out there who do a lot of time. They put a lot of real time into evaluating these guys and their futures are dependent upon the success of that quarterback. Ryan Pace in Chicago right now looking at Justin Fields going like, please be good. Just be good. Please be good. Just show promise. Just don't look inept. And I'm going to keep my job. And that's what it comes down to. Because if you don't have the quarterback, you're not going to be as successful as you need to be. And the one thing that we know about the NFL, what does it stand for? Not for long. Right? So it's a... It's a business that is determined by results it is a wins and loss business you have to win more to stay it's a privilege there are only 32 of these bad boys on the face of the planet and if you are privileged enough and talented enough to have one of these gigs part of the job part of the gig is to evaluate talent And get that quarterback situation right. Okay? So, it just, it tickled me to see six. But here's the other thing that tickled me. We had six quarterbacks. One, not drafted as the number one overall pick. But, we had six quarterbacks in the top 23. Okay? So, I'm going to lift off the name of quarterbacks that they had in the first round. And I'll see if, whether I agree or disagree. Um, Sam Howe, out of the University of North Carolina, I'm sure there's a gentleman that is in Charlotte right now. Shouts out to Coach T. Shouts out to Mudtalk Podcast. I know he's happy to hear that Sam Howe was on this mock draft list. The second quarterback is Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma. The third quarterback is the intriguing one. 
because you probably haven't seen him. It's uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty University. Dude, go check out the YouTube tape on this cat. This cat right here. Mark Willis from Liberty University. This dude, it kind of reminds me, not, not style-wise, but it kind of reminds me of the whole um, Steve McNair deal. Because I remember the last year that Steve McNair... R.I.P. Rest in peace, my lion. Rest in peace, my king. Steve McNair, man, he was a bad boy. And I remember this grainy videotape kind of surfacing because they were about to put Alcorn State on like ESPN like a couple times. I think it was like three times because they knew that this kid was probably going to go top five in the draft. That's how special he was. But the tape was grainy. But you saw all this like complete ridiculous athletic ability. Go YouTube some Mark Willis video. You're welcome. It's going to be great. The fourth guy on our list is SoCal. Rise up. USC fight on. Keaton Slovis, one of the men of Troy. The fifth quarterback on this list is the Cincinnati gunslinger, Desmond Riddler. And the last quarterback that was drafted 23rd overall in this mock was Georgia Bulldog, JT McDaniels. So those are the six quarterbacks that they had going in this mock. Okay, so Sam Howell, absolutely. You know, I got to see a lot more Spencer Rattler to, to make a judgment call on that. If I had to give you a judgment call right now, I don't I don't see the special yet. I'm not saying he's not crazy talented. I'm not saying that I have not seen athletic ability. I have not seen him control the pocket and control the defense with his eyes. I think the game was playing him last year. He wasn't playing the game. He got better towards the end of the year. And that might be just kind of a sign of things to come, right? He might, this year might be the year that he blows up. But what I've seen of him so far, I don't know if it registers a first round draft pick. Listen, Sooner fans, come at me. I got you. I understand. You don't want me to talk bad about your boy. I'm just saying from what I have seen of him so far, I'm not I'm not feeling the first round draft choice and all that. This year, he might be absolutely remarkable and I'll definitely change my tune. But until then, yeah, this dude look like a second round pick, second day. And that's what that's what I see. All right. The next guy on that list, um, Keaton Slovis. Now, here's the thing with Keaton Slovis. I think that he is a grasp of the offense. I think that if you got him on a whiteboard, he would be able to kill it. I believe that he would literally impress you with the way he's able to obtain knowledge, be able to apply knowledge on the board, and be able to kind of... He'll never put you in a position where 
he can't he'll run the offense. You know, he'll know the offense. He'll know what the defense is trying to do. Question with Keaton Slovis is this. Does he have enough arm? Um, every once in a while, you know, here's the, the other thing. He's the type of guy where it's like he needs stuff around him to work for him to be really successful. And the one thing with, that you want out of your first round quarterback, right, is you want a guy who elevates the squad on his own. Like him walking into the huddle, oh, yo, we this is two more wins. This is two more wins than we had last year because that dude's in the huddle. And Keaton doesn't give me that yet. He has to show and prove. Is he the best quarterback, college quarterback in Los Angeles? I will say so. And that is coming from a UCLA Bruin fan. Keaton Slovis, here's your flowers. You are, right now, the best college quarterback in Los Angeles. So, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback at UCLA, you are on notice, buddy. You need to get it together and have a phenomenal year and show us why we've been sitting here patiently waiting for all of these gifts to show up. Now, mind you, DTR, I'm always going to be on your side. A clap all day. You know how I do it. I'm UCLA, ride or die. But I'm hoping and I'm looking at Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback out of UCLA, to make a huge leap this year. I think the offensive line is better. I think that his weapons are better. And I think that this year will be a lot better year for Dorian Thompson Robinson. And if he shows all the potential that he has, this could be a special season for UCLA. But the jury's still out on him as well. We just don't just throw out love just because. Just because I'm a Bruin fan, I'm going to just throw out love? No. You got to give it to me. You got to show it. So, DTR, I'm looking for a big year out of you. I know you can do it. You did it in Nevada at Bishop Gorman. So, I expect the same thing this year in Westwood. But six quarterbacks in a way too... That's why it was a way too early mock, right? The other thing on the docket is this. And this is kind of a good feel good story um i don't know if you've seen this but uh we're gonna take a second for prayer uh seattle seahawk tight end greg olson tweeted out that there is a donor for a heart for his eight-year-old son tj so uh first and foremost to the olson family um, our prayers are with you. Uh, I can't imagine Greg Olson going through this for eight years. His son has needed a pretty much a heart transplant since he was born. And for it to finally have come through, um, this is a true blessing. And uh, we are 
wow, it's just. God is amazing, right? I mean, that's the, the only thing that I can come to when I see things like that is that God is amazing and he is working and he is. There are miracles that are shown every single day. And uh, just uh, our prayers are with the Olsen family. And um, I'm going to take time right now and just uh, shout out TJ. And uh, we are claiming victory for you, TJ. We are claiming victory over the... um, the surgery, the rehab, the uh, the the recuperation, and uh, we just wish you well, young man. And uh, that is, man, it was such a man. It, Cause see, the thing about it is, that's that's where the humanizing part of the NFL comes through. Uh, I think sometimes we lose track of these guys because. You know, you guys are playing fantasy football. Oh, you only scored eight points and you you made me lose and you're trash. And we have no idea what's going on with these dudes. Now, I know they get paid a lot of money, but you know what? You can't tell me if you, Joe Public, is in your job, let's say construction Let's say you're putting up some some drywall. You're doing some framing. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is that you do. Or you're a CPA. You're not going to tell me like if you had a sick child. Or maybe your marriage hit like a little bump in the road or something like that. That maybe the performance might not be. 100% up to what your standards are at the job. You take that with you because you are human and you expect grace when that kind of stuff is going on in your life. And I think sometimes we need to relax and maybe do a little more investigative work before we start trashing people. <laughs> Now, you make a bonehead mistake, you know how it goes on QP Sports Exchange. We call you out. We trying to get these jokes off. We trying to come off the dome, come off the top rope with this binding elbow of a joke. But as far as the guys going through things and having real life experiences and having trials and tribulations, that's all real. And sometimes that does play a part in how they play. It's just facts. <laughs> All right. The other thing that I wanted to get to real quick is this. <laughs> this story didn't tickle me and it didn't surprise me, but it it, it kind of shocked me in one way. Uh, the University of Alabama. Uh, their 2020 uh, budget came out for recruiting. So Alabama spends $2.3 million on 
Alabama football recruiting. Do you want to know what the entire budget is? 3.3 million dollars. So 2.3 of the 3.3 goes to the Alabama football team. Yo, I'm going to tell you right now, props to Nick Saban. First of all, on his back because he is the highest paid state employee in the state of Alabama. And I don't have, listen, there's no shade here. Yo, Nick, keep on getting that back. Keep on, you know, keep on dominating the, those funds, being the highest paid state employee. Keep dominating that category. And, oh, yeah, by the way, keep on dominating college football. You imagine. You imagine if you were like doing a movie and like your your art director comes to you and says, hey, I know you have $10 million for this movie. We're going to need eight of that 10. Thanks. And you just go, sure. Now, I don't know what kind of actors we're going to get, but sure, you can have $8 million for art director. <laughs> So, <laughs> I just think it's great. And by the way, UCLA, uh, Michigan, Ohio State. I know Clemson spends a lot of money on their uh, on their football budget for recruiting, so I don't have to worry about them. Notre Dame, y'all need to step up. You you need to slap your your uh, school presidents around and shake that dude down for more money because if Saban is getting two point three of the three point three recruiting budget for the entire school, then Chip Kelly, you need to do a better job of extorting the university's president. Or the chancellor. Maybe there's a coup in Michigan and Harbaugh says, wait, Saban's getting 2.3 of the 3.3 recruiting budget in its entirety. I can see Jim Harbaugh just storming the president's office at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and like, pulling some sort of hostage situation and saying we are not leaving until our demands are met if we're not getting like 70% or 80% of the whole entire recruiting budget we're going to have to sacrifice this school president <laughs> Chip Kelly you better you better get on that Clay Helton of USC. You might to go. You might have to go have a, a come to Jesus meeting with your uh, university president as well. 
Oregon has Nike money. I never worry about Oregon because Phil Knight will get them what whatever they need. <laughs> I think Phil should just start going. Phil Knight should just start going recruiting for Oregon. Like, you know who I am, right? That's right. So, yeah, we're just going to cut off the coach altogether. You're coming to Oregon. You're going to wear Nike. And then when you go to the pros, you're going to wear Nike again. And you're welcome. But I thought it was interesting to see that a entire recruiting budget was basically swallowed up by the football team. That makes sense. It's pretty much how it's been literally throughout the annals of history. Football is king. If you play football, you're the popular kid. If you're good at football or the school is good at football, it's going to be prestigious. It's going to make people want to come to the school. It's going to make alumni excited because they're going to be proud that they went to the school. Oh, where'd you go to school at? I went to the University of Alabama. Well, hell, roll tide. Nick Saban's doing it down there. $2.3 million recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. I feel, I feel a little bit bad for like the like the Utahs of the world. I feel bad for like um, what's another school off? Like Illinois, Northwestern. Imagine Coach Fitzgerald or Northwestern going to the president of the university and saying, hey man, I just need to have a chat with you real quick. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but in Alabama, the recruiting budget is X amount of dollars and Nick Saban is taking up about 67 to about 70% of the entire budget. So what are we going to do here? What are we going to do? Because it seems like my pockets for recruiting is a little bit light. Can you help a brother out? <laughs> Coach Fitzgerald of Northwestern shaking down. The, co- <laughs> oh, the college president. Man. Craziness. Star State, what's up with you? You know how your boy is doing it. It is now time to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, you know, there's a really interesting position battle going on. All right. Michael Parsons of Penn State was drafted in in this year's draft in the first round. Okay. Uh, great athlete, high motor exquisite talent, explosive, all the things you want in a linebacker. Also, he comes from Penn State, which 
for a long period of time was linebacker U. I don't think that actually that title exists for them anymore, but you know, you know the lineage of Penn State linebackers. They were very good. So Micah Parsons was drafted by the Cowboys. Now only not only do they have Micah Parsons, uh, but they have Jalen Smith and they also have um Kyle Vanderesh. Now here's the thing. <clears throat> I'm sorry, not Kyle Vanderesh. Leighton Vanderesh. So here's the thing. Vanderesh has been hurt. I think his rookie year he was pretty healthy, but after that, he's been hurt, nicked, dinged up throughout his career. Okay. Um he plays hard. He's physical. When he's on the field, he's excellent. Now, Dallas Cowboy fan, tell me who that sounds like. Didn't you guys just go through this with Sean Lee? Like you were so much a better football team when he was on the field and you guys were an absolute mess when he was off the field. But it was guaranteed, just like the sun coming up tomorrow, that he was going to be injured at some point in the year. And you were going to struggle if it was a short-term injury and if it was for the rest of the season, the defense, it was going to take a while for it to recalibrate. And by that time, you're struggling to get into the playoffs. Now, here's the other thing. Vander Esch is in the last year of his contract. There has not been real, real meaty talks about extension. But here's the thing. If you have all of what the Cowboys have, okay, so um, we talked about Jalen Smith. We talked about Micah Parsons. Um, and we also, they got, Keon, they got Keanu Neal as well. And they also picked up in the fourth round Jabril Cox out of LSU. He is one of those sleeper dudes. He's one of those dudes that I think can be really, really dynamic. So the linebacker room is very packed with a lot of good players. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, do you want to go ahead and extend Vanderesh? Because here's the other thing. As you know, in the NFL, the best skill is availability. Now, productivity is right up there as well. But you can't be productive if you're not available. If you're not playing games, you can't get sacks. If you're not playing games, you can't have a negative impact on the quarterback's uh, QER. Okay? So, if I am Jerry Jones and I have seen this soap opera with Sean Lee, there is no way that I'm going through it again with uh, Vanderesh. There's just no way at all. I'd be like, yo, you got to go. <laughs> you just, you, 
I, I mean, you're talented, and you know, you can be mind blowingly talented. You can be a difference maker, but if you can't stay on the field, I can't pay you. I just can't. The other concern in in, in Dallas is this: is that that defensive line needs to get a lot better. Um, they need to kind of make some upgrades, see what's on the free agent market. I do like the third round pick. Of course, I do on my home for UCLA. The the Odigi Zua pick from UCLA. That dude's awesome. And here's the thing about him is that even if he can't be a three down guy, I mean, right now he can come into the league and be part of your um your third down defense right now because he can get to the quarterback. He has a uh, his nose for the football when it's in the backfield. He blows up plays very well when it comes to that. So even in this like infant stage of his career, I would be confident to put him out there on third down and say, listen, go hunt the quarterback. I don't think I would have a problem getting him to do that at all. So they need to work on that. And then also this, and I couldn't believe it because I was I was like, when's I was like, who is in the secondary for the Cowboys? So you got uh Trayvon Diggs, you got Anthony Brown. Does Trayvon Diggs scare you? Anthony Brown, does he uh strike some sort of doubt? Is Jordan Lewis is he some kind of future Hall of Famer or something? Does that back in at all if you're an NFL team? Does that back end at all scare you? That means that up front, they got to win. They got to win up front. Those linebackers have to be dynamic. If Van Der Esch is going to be healthy, he has to stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? They can't lose him for six weeks and then have him come back and think they're going to be a cohesive unit and he's not still 100%. Because once you start the in- once you have the injury, you're not getting back to 100%. With the beating these guys take, no, it's not going to happen. So if I am Dallas Cowboy defensive coordinator, I am trying to draw up. I'm trying to drum up pressure so I can take some pressure off my defensive backs on the back end. I mean, the template is there. Tampa showed you. There's a couple other teams that show you if you can get there with your front four, man, that just opens up all kinds of possibilities for you on the back end. Now your linebackers are dropping in the coverage. The windows are smaller. Maybe, you know, indecision creeps in and there's an errant throw, pick six, and let's go, right? So they're going to have to get a lot better on that front seven. So they could take some some heat off the defensive backs in Dallas. So Dallas, you know, I'm giving you love right now because I'm talking about you. I'm giving you that, you know, that extra sauce, that little that secret sauce 
You know what I'm saying? Don't think that I'll just come at you negatively. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations. Dak Prescott is a cowboy. I'm super excited for you guys. I just think there's some there's some opportunities on the back end that you guys need to clean up or keep the back end the way it is and have that front seven just be phenomenal. So, you know, there's going to be more chances for errant throws or opportunities for defensive backs to to really compete with these wide receivers and, and tight ends and backs coming out the backfield. Because offense is king, but you need to have some stops. You can't let these teams score 35 on you and expect your team to score 38 to 42 every single week. It just doesn't happen. See, the one thing about it is, is film definitely goes undefeated. It goes undefeated. Film show your weaknesses. Shows where directly to attack, and it shows the weakness. So my thing is this, is that, okay, you know, you got weak, you got weakness on the back end. Let's just stack the front. Stack it. Make sure these guys are suffocating, that they're not getting passes off. Passes are being deflected. Putting them in adverse down and yardage situations. These are all critical things to a defense holding the team to like 21 points, 17 points, or, you know, those things aren't done and that team has 35 to 40. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to make every stop, but you got to make the critical stop. Get people off the field. Dallas did a poor job of that last year, and we're hoping with renewed health and positive minds that that is not the case this year. All right. Our last our last piece of news is this. I'm excited about this. Cincinnati, what up? There's a good report coming out of Cincinnati that left tackle Jonah Williams, um the Bengals def- the, the Bengals defenders are indicating that He's shown tremendous growth uh, for Williams. They've also seen him, you know, get better with his footwork, get better with his hand placement. Um, so that that bodes well for one of my favorite quarterbacks other than Matthew Stafford and Little Kyler Murray, everybody knows that I love Kyler Murray. I don't know why. I just think he's little, and I think he's going to get killed every time he drops back to pass. But my other guy that I love, my other guy that I feel like, yo, that dude gets it. Joey B in the natty? Absolutely. I love that guy. That guy is awesome. So I'm happy that Jonah Williams is showing potential and talent. And I'm happy that my guy is going to be protected. But I know who the happiest person is. I know who the happiest entity is. It's Joe Burrow's repaired ligaments in his leg. And I would just like to kind of dramatize how 
Joe Burrow's ligaments in his legs feel. <clears throat> so, have you ever gone to church and the pastor is getting into it? Now the organ is playing real low, you know, but you know it's about to pop off. You know it's about to go down. Because you know he about to feel the spirit, right? And that's how I feel about Joe Burrow's ligaments in his knee. Well, congregation, I just here to give you, to deliver you the good news. Can I get an amen? We don't have to be in a situation where we're frustrated. We don't have to be in a situation where we feel fear because you know what? All is well. Yes, indeed, congregation, all is well. I'm here to deliver the good news. Hallelujah. I would like to say right now as we're passing the collection plate around. Now, Sister Johnson, I'm going to need you to dig a little deeper than you did last week because you know we trying to get this steeple rebuilt. You know we got to give a little extra for the building fund. But I'm here to deliver the good news. And the good news is, is that I feel great. My rehab is going great. We are stable again. We are stable again. We are on solid rock. Yes, Lord, we are on solid rock. Can I get an amen? Wow. I would like to tell you that we have a new protector for us, but he an old protector for us. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. I would just like to say that Jonah Williams has risen up. He has risen up. And he has taken the left tackle position. And he is showing the fruits of his labor. He is showing the improvement that we knew he had in him. He is showing that he's going to protect us and keep us stable. Amen. Church. I just want to give you this. I just wanted to give you this good news. I wanted to give you this update because I'm feeling good. And we're going to let the choir sing in one second. But the one thing that I want to say about this whole deal is this. God is good. God is good. And we are going to rise up. And we are going to stand up. And we're not going to have any pain. No, we're not. We're not going to have any sorrow. No, we're not. Because Jonah Williams, Jonah Williams 
is shown in Krugman. Now, as the collection plate is being passed, make sure you put a little extra. You put a little extra in for the Holy Spirit. You put a little extra in for JC. You put a little extra in for God. Because we delivered the good news. Yes, we did. That was Joe Burrow's knee ligaments delivering the sermon, giving you the good news today. On that note, we are going to get out of here. And I want to say to you guys is this is uh, you guys have a tremendous weekend one. And you know how we end the show, right? Be good to yourself. Take care of you. All right. Because without you, um, the people who are depending on you, um, if you're not 100%, they can't depend on you. So keep your mind right. Get yourself in a situation where, you know, you're centered and you're making good decisions for you and your loved ones. And, um, you know, take care of your neighbor. You know, friendly word, smile, you know, friendly greeting. You know, if they're struggling, you know, you got a little extra in the, in, in the, um, you know, in the food cabinets or whatever, you know, give it out. And then lastly is this, is that as things start to open up, donate your time. And if you can't donate your time, because there's a lot of catching up to do, because, you know, the pandemic is over, the panini is over, all that. You know, donate some, some, some green if you can do that. You know what I'm saying? Donate some green to some of these worthwhile causes that are helping out the less fortunate than we are. We're blessed. So we're going to pivot real quick and we're going to give you our no doubt about it person of the week. It can either be a person, an entity or a company or group. And basically what we're looking for is somebody really trying to win the week in their community. You know what I'm saying? On that grind for your community, just doing real positive things, just, you know, shedding a little, you know, just spreading a little love and shedding a little light on the world. And our, no doubt about it, person of the week is Sean Donahue. Sean Donahue is a parenting and life coach. This guy is amazing. Um, he is just, just a breath of fresh air. He takes a class, it's a Zoom class, <clears throat> and there's people all from all across the just the country. I mean, there are people in, actually, I think there's somebody in Costa Rica or something like that as well. So, I mean, it's, it's real big. Um, the one thing that I want to talk about with Sean is this, is that Sean is one of those guys that, uh, he's just one of those guys that puts you 
in a real good situation. Um, he's always got real good energy. Um, he's not afraid to be vulnerable himself. He's not going to sit there and just say, you do this. It's not a Dr. Phil type deal. Okay. He's not like pointing at you and be like, you suck. Da, 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 da. You need to do this. No, it's all about uplifting. It's all about love. It's all about making sure that you're the best you for your kid. Um, go follow him on Instagram. It's the period family period coach. Um, I wanted to give him a shout out for many reasons. We, we hit each other back and forth through messenger on Instagram and, uh, you know, I've taken the, I'm, you know, I'm taking the parenting class. Um, I'm always looking for tools to make myself better so I can communicate better, um, that I can be present, that I can be in the moment that I can show vulnerability, but also be like, okay, well, you know, these are my principles. So, you know, you make, you know, you make your bet, right? Um, the one thing that I'll say about it is this, is that, I'm not trying to turn into an infomercial. What I'm saying is that we can all use help. We can always use because our, our message gets stale. You know what I'm saying? So you got to mix it up unless you come in like this. And the best part about this is, is that I am supposed to bring the energy to you because of the fact that. I want you excited about your sports teams. I want you excited about the topic so you can talk about it with your friends and everything like that. But the one thing about Sean is this, is that he's there for you. He's in the trenches with you. He's not just going to say, oh, do this, do this, and not really bring it back to him in a sense of he will give you an excerpt of his life. And it could be bad. You know, He's he'll show you, hey, these are the mistakes I've made. These are, these are the mistakes that I had to think about real quick because I'm telling you this. And I just had a second where I wasn't doing that. So, shouts out to Sean Donahue. Um, go and follow him on Instagram. Again, it's the period. Family, period, coach. He's a great follow. Um, he's doing real positive things for a lot of parents out there. Um, and uh, if you're struggling with a uh, a, a problem preteen or teen, um, you just feel that your message is stale. It's not getting across. You guys aren't communicating very well. Um, maybe there's some outbursts that weren't there, you know, six months ago to a year. Keep in mind, these kids went through a lot through this pandemic. You know, we talk a lot about mental health and, um, mental self-care here on the pod. Because I believe in that, you know, I tell you about my struggles with the individual that lives in my house and her struggles with mental illness. Um, it's just a debilitating thing. And sometimes it, all it is, is somebody with a different voice with basically maybe saying almost the same exact thing you are, but with a twist 
and it just unlocks a door. And that's what we want for our kids, right? We want doors unlocked for them so they can have it better than what we had it, right? That's all I want. That's all I want for my kids. That's all I want is that they have it better than I did. And it doesn't matter whether I'm the one that was able to unlock that door for them or not. Listen, I'll take all the help I can get. It takes a village, right? So... I read, I study, and uh, I go to a parenting class. And um, again, Sean is a great guy. He's a great follow on Instagram. And if you need more information on his services and what he provides, because he's not just a parenting coach, he's a life coach as well. And I think I'm going to effort to get him on the pod soon because he's he's funny uh, he's a sports fan, so that's some of the things that we, we've been kicking around, uh, some of the NBA topics and, and things of that nature the last uh, couple weeks. So, again, Sean, salute to you, my brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep helping these families out. Keep loving these kids. Keep uh, keeping these families intact, bro. Again, I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me. You kind of unlocked me to do this, do this deal better. You know what I'm saying? You you really helped me on that, and um, I just praise you and I and I, I thank God for you. And uh, that's our no doubt about it person of the week, Sean Donahue. Again, go follow him on Instagram. The period family period coach right you don't have to spell period out that's dot okay come on now wake up it's the weekend y'all about to go get it i know y'all about to go get it but the first thing you're gonna do is get this pod right because we're gonna download and subscribe till the wheels come off because again i tell you again my dream my hope my aspirations there's a guy by the name of bill simmons there's also a guy by the name of kevin smith and i am going to make it my life's mission i pray to god for this that i am going to get up into that lofty pantheon of awesome podcasters who have like a podcast network that's my goal. I want to create a kind of like a micro ecosystem. You know, I want to have more people involved in the project. So listen, if you're listening to this pod and you are creative, okay, whether it's content, writing or whatever, hit me up. Instant message me. I'll give it to you again. Twitter at QPP Network. At Instagram and Facebook, it's Question Point Pod Network. Okay? So hit me up. I have a spot for you. I want to be the ringer. That's my template, is the ringer. Okay? So if you're familiar with that, because you are a pod addict and a pod lover like myself, I listen to a bunch of pods. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm going after. You know what I'm looking at. You know what my dream is. You see the vision. We are going to chase these people down. 
and I need your help. So what you're going to do is you're going to download and subscribe. And we are... <laughs>